Hello, hello. Hey, up. What's up? What's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, privyet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Fantastic episode for you today with a brilliant guest, writer Benjamin Hockman joins the show. Benjamin is a sports columnist for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, his home paper having grown up in St. Louis. Previously, Benjamin was a columnist in New Orleans and in Denver. His newest book, 11 in 11, A Hometown Hero, La Russa's Last Ride, and a Miracle World Series for the St. Louis Cardinals will be released this April. Of the 11 World Series titles the St. Louis Cardinals have won in their formidable history, 2011 victory stands out as something different, something magical. It was work of a team that seemingly had no business playing in October, yet one that stared down defeat over and over again, refusing to back down until the trophy was theirs. Benjamin offers on-the-ground and behind-the-scenes perspective as he brings to life a cast of characters including Albert Pujols in his final year as a card, team ace Chris Carpenter, Yadier Molina showing his might both behind and at the plate, and of course, the unlikely hero David Freeze. Benjamin is an incredibly talented writer, and he has a profound love for baseball, which was one of the main reasons I wanted to have him on the show. In today's episode, Benjamin chats about his upcoming book and what it was like reliving some of those memories which were personal for him as a St. Louis native. Benjamin also shares his most memorable experiences traveling the world as a sports writer. And finally, we have a little fun as Benjamin describes his quarantine lookalike photos and videos that he created over the last year. They're hilarious, and I think it does a great job in showcasing his carefree mentality and, and charming personality. From the jump, I knew it was going to be a great conversation because Benjamin had a ton of energy. This is a great episode for fans of sport, especially baseball lovers. And Benjamin has an encyclopedic memory of baseball, but also St. Louis sports. Had a lot of fun with Benjamin. Thrilled for everyone to meet him. So let's go ahead and bring on sports columnist from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Benjamin Hockman. And let's learn. First of all, before we get to the book, baseball season is here a week away. So how is life for you as we're getting back into baseball? My gosh, um, I, I can get cheesy when it comes to spring and, and hope springing eternal and all that stuff. And, and here in St. Louis, just today, uh, we're dealing with uh, some, some actual go-outside weather for the first time in a while. So even though the Cardinals themselves are down in Florida, even here in St. Louis, it kind of feels like baseball season. Yeah, oh, it's such a great time. Now, your newest book, 11 in 11, what's the premise behind the book and what's inspired its creation? Yeah, so thanks for asking. The, the book 11 and 11 is about the 2011 St. Louis Cardinals who won the World Series. And, and really, I mean, if, if you and I went, well, I guess post-COVID, I don't know, but before COVID, if you and I went to a sports bar and asked 100 people what their favorite sports moment of all time is, you know, 93 of them would have said the 2011 uh, World Series. It was it was such a story here locally because the Cardinals were down to their literal last strike in the ninth inning of game six, and a guy got a triple to save the game and tie the game. And then later on, that same guy hit a home run to win the game. Now, if that guy had been from, you know, Poughkeepsie or Botswana, it wouldn't have mattered. He would have been like a hero regardless. But that guy happened to be from St. Louis, David Freeze. So it was. It just made it even more monumental. Of course, they went on to win Game Seven, and uh, so I wanted to write a book about it for the 10-year anniversary and tell some stories that hadn't been told before about that team 
and also kind of put it in perspective of just what that experience of Game 6 was like for the St. Louis and the Cardinal fans. What was that like reliving those experiences? Were there new memories that you experienced for the first time? And how was it just sharing it with all the people around St. Louis just as they reflect back on the 10 years? Yeah, the fun of the book was I interviewed a fair share of ball players and all that, but I also have a lot of fan stories in there. And for me, the fun was just to hear different people's stories. And I, yeah, the book is called 11 and 11 because that was the hashtag in the playoffs. The Cardinals were going after their 11th World Series championship in 2011. And so the book has 11 chapters, and within each chapter is a fan story. And some not, I mean, a lot of fan stories are the couch and it was awesome which is which is a cool experience enough but i tried to get some unique ones such as a cardinals fan who was in a submarine uh serving our country in the navy uh, you know so he's in a submarine that night or one fan who actually left game six early and went home and uh, he's the one guy that you know if you were the one guy that left game six so uh, i love just hearing those stories and yeah, i mean that's part of the book it's just kind of like the the psychology of the whole thing about Game six provided St. Louis sports fans with a feeling uh, that they that they never had before, and that you cannot recreate. You know, you can't buy a drug or or buy a medicine or something that can recreate that pure joy uh, that was Game six. You're right. It's a memory that lasts forever. I'm actually curious because you mentioned David Freeze being from St. Louis, but you're also from St. Louis as well. So for you, this reporting and you watching these games, this is something that emotionally you're attached to as well. And I know a lot of times as journalists, you want to be objective, but this was something that impacted you emotionally. Yeah, no question. And, and, and because of that, I think that that helped inspire my writing of the book. And, you know, I just, you know, I was so excited about the topic. And, you know, when we do these, when I did these interviews with the players and the fans, I just, it was a joy for me to hear their stories and pick their brains. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a thing that just makes you smile. You can, Walk around St. Louis and you just scream game six to some some stranger across the way. He or she would yell back, freezer, or something like that. <laughs> all would be well for about 10 seconds. Oh, I had tickets to game six, Cardinals-Tigers, but series only went five. <laughs> yeah, the series went five, though, so that's my World Series memory that I have. Before returning to your hometown in St. Louis, you were a writer in both New Orleans and in Denver. So when you're arriving in a new city, how do you develop rapport? And chemistry with the athletes and what do you do to gain trust yeah i mean i think a lot of it as a as a reporter is just simply like i hate to hate to simplify and say it just like a human being but it's making someone comfortable with you in their presence getting them comfortable with your personality and as a sports reporter in new orleans and denver uh i, I just wanted the players to understand that i'm, I'm there to, to tell their stories and obviously if they have a you know, and if they have a bad game, I got to write about. It. If they have a good game, I got to write about. It. I'm there to kind of document and, and share uh, what they accomplished with their fans. Um, but the key, of course, is getting someone comfortable with you because when you write these longer pieces or you write more personal pieces about a player's life or family or hardships, uh, you want them to open up to you. And whenever I speak to young journalism students, I always talk about the the image of an onion, and you want to peel the onion with the idea that in the middle of the onion is that great anecdote or quote that an athlete can share with you, but he or she's not going to share it right off the bat. You have to earn the trust and earn the comfort and just ask questions and peel the onion until you get to the really good stuff. 
Yeah, and I think that's the, the finer edges of sports journalism. But on some of the negative aspects on the other side of the spectrum is when sports journalists just say outlandish things. You know, you be loud and brash just to see what sticks because that gets the most <laughs> clicks or that gets the most video views. So it almost pays to be obnoxious in a lot of ways. How do you, in this competitive world, how do you remain true to yourself without getting too concerned with web page clicks or video views? You know, it's, it's, it's one life to live. I, I got to be as, as true to myself as possible. I don't, you know, I'm, I, I am who I am. I'm a, a passionate goofball who loves sports and, and, and also some uh, social issues that uh, sports provides a, a window to. And I'm just kind of going to be me. I mean, if I'm, especially now as a sports columnist, as a beat writer, you know, you're, you're more covering the team stuff in general. But as a columnist, it's my opinion, my views, my face is on, is on the column, if you will. And, and I, 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 if, I, if I start being phony, it's just not going to – I mean, not that I would plan on it or not that that was a possibility or opportunity. But I mean, if you're not true to yourself and if you're phony, it's just not going to work. Now, St. Louis might be the best baseball city in the country, but their most recent championship was actually in hockey. So how did that Blues title, how was that different? What were the different ways in which the city reacted? Yeah, so it's funny when you ask the question about, we were talking about the 2011 Cardinals, and I was like, ask 100 fans what their reaction would be. You know, some of those fans did, uh, they probably changed uh, because of the, the Blues winning the Stanley Cup in 2019. Um, I got, because it was... Here, here's why it was so special and so special to our town. It was their first championship, and the team had been around for over 50 years. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't like the, the Diamondbacks or an expansion team from the 1990s or something. This is a team that joined the NHL in 1967, uh, and a team that had a – I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they had a stretch there for like a quarter century. They made the playoffs every year. So it's almost like which is worse – do you want your? Do you want to be like a Houston Astros fan? And I'm not making any references to the trash cans or anything like that. But just do you want to be a Houston Astros fan whose team just gets terrible for a handful of years, but then because of that surges to a title, or do you want to be a fan of like the St. Louis Blues, where your team is like over 500 and pretty competitive annually, but never? gets to the championship round. That's what these poor fans had to deal with, uh, for better or worse, for many years, a lot of heartbreak. Uh, a lot. I mean, don't, don't say the name Steve Eisman in St. Louis. That's yeah. That might as well be a, a four-letter word. He scored a, an overtime Game 7 goal to end St. Louis's Pokemon one year. Um, so for the Blues to win it all was really cool for that reason. And the other thing I'll say, Randall, is they were the they had the fewest points in the NHL on January 3rd of yeah. that hockey season. And they changed their goalie famously to Jordan Bennington, and they just started winning and clicking and playing well. And it really is, it really is, like the Jordan Bennington story to me is one of the greatest like sports tales uh, ever. And I know, I, I know I'm in it, you know, I'm from, <laughs> from St. Louis. I write about St. Louis, but like, I mean, again, they were literally the worst team they put in a fourth-string rookie goalie, and he leads the team to the Stanley Cup Finals in games of the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, that's a heck of a story right there. The last time you listened to Gloria was when? <laughs> it, you know, so it was, it was the St. Louis Blues song that year was on constantly in the city during that run. Um, 
I'll catch it occasionally on some Pandora 1980s station like here. And I, I admit this freely, like, I've always felt Gloria was a fantastic song. It always pumped me up uh, earlier in my life. So to have it then be connected to a great sports moment in our town just makes it that much cooler. Now, as an objective observer, I got caught up in the Gloria fascination too, and it made my Spotify list just because I was thrilled watching all the different bars celebrating with it. So I, I got caught up in, in it as well. With, nice. a, with a career based in sports, you've had access to some of the most tremendous arenas and stadiums around the world. Thus far, which have been the most memorable locations that you've been able to be firsthand? That's a great question. Um, you know, I mean, honestly, I, I, I think since I'm a baseball player, I'd want to say like like a Fenway, but I think the answer is I went to the 2008 Olympics in Beijing, and if you recall, they had the water cube. It was a cube building, if you recall, and it was colorful and wild, and it, it was just it just really was stunning. And of course, uh, magic was made in there with Michael Phelps and the uh, the American swimmers. So. Um, yeah, I guess I would go with the, uh, the, the cube, the water cube from the 08 Olympics. All right. Well, give me your favorite couple baseball parks. Well, uh, one, one that I think is, I mean, I don't think this is underrated for those that, that know about it, but if you just ask someone to like pick a city and name a cool, a, a cool stadium, I don't know if they would say Pittsburgh. Mm. And I really think Pittsburgh has a beautiful ballpark. Um, they, with, with the with the yellow, the paint, and the and the bridges in the background, it, it just is a great place to watch a game. And I used to live in Denver, and Coors Field is a beautiful place to watch a game. I mean, if you're sitting on the first base side in the third inning, and the sun is setting over the mountains, and you know, there's beautiful colors, and you got a ball game and a, and a beer and a hot dog, I mean, it, it's it's hard to beat that that feeling right there. Um, unless, of course, I guess you're like really into the Rockies and your team is probably losing the baseball game. <laughs> well, a lot of Cardinals fans are thankful for the Rockies at the moment, I think. But I, I'm in agreement with you with, with Pittsburgh. I got that as my number two with, with San Diego Petco being, being my number one. Nice. What do you feel is the biggest lesson you've learned from this, these last 12 turbulent months? You know, I don't, I don't know if there's just one sole lesson that has stood out, but... Um, I think, I think the last 12 months has taught us that when you look at a spectrum of humans, people can be a lot meaner than maybe anticipated, but people can also be a lot nicer than maybe maybe believed. And we're, we're seeing the best and the worst of Americans uh, in this past uh, 12 years, 12 years, 12, 12 months, I would say. Uh, so that, I guess if that counts as an answer, I'll, 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 I'll submit that. I think it's a, a very accurate answer. You mentioned earlier about being someone who just is, you're a funny guy and you enjoy having fun. One thing that I discovered about you, which is tremendous, it might be <laughs> my favorite thing about you, these quarantine lookalikes that you're doing on your Instagram, <laughs> they've, been, they've been outstanding. They've been hilarious. My personal favorite is the Robert Redford one. Which posts have, re <laughs> have received the most feedback and have you received any funny responses or suggestions? Yeah, so for, for those, obviously, we're, we're, we're talking now, not doing a video, but uh, basically, I look like a litany of, like, uh, big-nosed, average-looking male actors <laughs> in our society, uh, whether it's Robin Williams, the late Robin Williams, or uh, uh, my man Gary Sinise, or perhaps, um, uh, gosh, what is his name? that I, I did him in the quarantine from the marvelous Mrs. Kevin Pollack, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, the one of the one of the characters on there um so that that was that was just 
out of sheer boredom, I was like, why don't I just try to look like these guys in a photo and, uh, and, 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 and do side by side. I think the one I enjoyed the most though, was I did, uh, I did 1980s Ross Geller, if you recall, <laughs> yeah. because sometimes my hair uh, gets particularly curly, and uh, Ross had a had a mustache, and and if, and he had some made some funny faces in some of those episodes when they did lookbacks. So that that was my personal favorite. Though so doing the Robert Redford from the Jeremiah is it Jeremiah Johnson? Yeah, I think so. Movie. Where they zoom in on him and he and he, and he nods. Uh, my beard had gotten that thick, so that's why I recreated that gift. That was a bunch of fun as well. Will you be continuing this trend once life gets back to a little more normal? You know, I'm always just trying to come up with new things. So <laughs> while, while I don't, well, I think I've, I've, you know, I've, I'm done with the quarantine photos because I don't want to. You know, kind of like Seinfeld. It's just like Seinfeld. It went out on top. There you go. And then, and, and uh, I'm, I'm obviously being stupid. My, 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 my stupid photos aren't like funny like Seinfeld. But the idea of like, I'm not going to force the issue. I'm going to go out with where things are still respected. There you go. And the Seinfeld creator went on to create another show. So you're just going to create something new. I, I, I see you working. I love that. What's uh, What's next for you for 2021? Future goals, project plans? Yeah, two things that uh, I'm, I've got cooking. One is... I do a daily video now on the St. Louis Post-Dispatch website, which is stltoday.com. And my name is Ben Hockman, and we do it at 10 a.m., so we call it 10 Hawk. And basically, it's just a quick five-minute video each morning uh, of me doing celebrity birthdays, maybe sharing some fun stories I know, and then talking about a topic in sports that's that's relevant to, to, our, uh, to our viewers. Uh, and then I'm, I'm writing a young adult novel. Uh, about a high school basketball team. Uh, I mean, I'm just in the, I don't have a book deal or anything like that. I'm just writing it as of now. So we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But I've enjoyed that challenge as well. One of my endeavors is trying to see all 30 baseball parks. And St. Louis is one of the highest on my list that I haven't been to yet. So for someone visiting St. Louis for the first time, hopefully me in a baseball sense later this year, what would be the food and drink recommendation for someone visiting St. Louis for the first time? So our staple thing is toasted ravioli. Oh yes, uh, which is, yes. It, it, it's really delicious. Um, and then our our sec our our one A to that is gooey butter cake. Which um, I mean, I, I look like I at this point in life, I look like I ate Robin Williams. <laughs> I'm, I'm so large, and it's because the ice cream place down the street has gooey butter cake ice cream, and it's it's just so sweet and so delicious and. So basically, I just kind of look like Robin Williams from Goodwill Hunting, except 100 pounds larger. Well, so eat, eat those things. <laughs> You'll look great. I'm calling you, and we're getting toasted ravioli and the gooey cake. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Let me just ask you this as well before we go. And we, this has been so much fun. I've really enjoyed this. And we've gone fast. But I have one more question. I always like to ask people from every city, in their respective city, what would be the, the Mount Rushmore of athletes who have played in St. Louis, in your opinion? Wow, that's a great one. Well, that's a great one. Stan Musial, yeah. of course. Yeah. Stan Musial. Um, I, I think Albert Pujols, of course. Yeah. Um, if you just look at his 11 seasons with the St. Louis Cardinals, if he had retired instead of signing with the Angels, yeah. he would have had a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. Um, Brett, Brett Hall is kind of the iconic St. Louis blue, yeah. so I'd have to put him up there. Um, and then this, this forced face. You could go a lot of directions. Jackie Joyner Kersey is from oh. East St. Louis. And uh, she's she's still uh, active in the community. Uh, but another another name and someone I'd probably go with in this scenario 
is Bob Pettit, okay. uh, the former NBA star. St. Louis Hawks, yeah. For, yeah, St. Yeah. Louis Hawks, and obviously the team left a long time ago. But if you look at his, his statistics, uh, I believe he was a four-time NBA All-Star Game MVP. Uh, he was an All-Star, I believe, every year in his career. I know there were fewer teams back then and all that, but Bob Pettit just dominated his sport at that time. So I'll put him on the Mount Rushmore. Oof. And it's it's interesting because St. Louis is one of those places that if you did a Mount Rushmore, almost all four could be baseball because it is such a baseball rich because you didn't mention Ozzie Smith and just the plethora of many pitchers that have come by in the last generation. So it's, but I do like your choices. And I, I, I think I'd sneak Jackie Joyner in there. Cause that's a, that's a, that's a nice one that people would forget about. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's amazing. She, I believe she went to three, no, maybe four different Olympics and you could argue that she's the greatest uh, female athlete of all time. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, sorry. That's, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, maybe we'll put a fifth face there. on the <laughs> Well, the book is 11 and 11. How can people get the book and how can people stay up to date and follow your career? I appreciate it. Uh, the one-stop shopping, I guess, in that scenario would be my Twitter, at Hockman, H-O-C-H-M-A-N. And uh, you can literally just DM me and, and we can easily Venmo. I can, or any way you want to pay, I can send you a signed copy of the book, uh, 11 and 11. So any Cardinal fans or baseball fans, uh, just, just send me a message. This has been wonderful. I hope we chat again. I hope we see each other in person at a baseball game in the future. But thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for today. Definitely, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Benjamin. I'm going to take you up on those food ideas out there in the loo soon. For more information, give him a follow on Twitter, at Hockman, H-O-C-H-M-A-N. And scoop up his book on the 2011 Cardinals. It will be released April 27th. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway Show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. I can I can see that. <laughs>